Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity. Hi, everyone. It's Mark Stenson. Our podcast is supported by Design Hill. Design Hill is the world's number one creative marketplace that caters to the creative needs of businesses and individuals alike. You can source high quality designs from professional designers and unique products created by independent artists. Listen later in the episode for a special offer and a discount code. And when we talk about the world of creativity, we travel all over the world. And today we're stamping our creative travel passport in Gothenburg, Sweden, talking with Katie Stoddard. Thank you so much, Mark. We're going to be talking about how to gain focus, how to put more energy in the work that matters, how to increase performance, all in the name of finding more balance, leading our teams better. Katie trains people now under the banner of the Focus B. But Katie, I always love to scroll to the bottom of the LinkedIn profile that says where it all began. And I see a degree in oceanography. You were a hydrographer for offshore companies. How does a science and tech person move into coaching for high-performance teams and creative people? Yes, that is such a good point. And it's a question I get asked a lot, surprisingly. (laughs) People don't seem to see the connection. I began as an engineer, I studied master physics and did a double engineering degree in oceanography and hydrography. And I used to work at sea. And what happened was I enjoyed the adventure side of things. And I enjoyed meeting new people on the boats and being in general at sea. However, I did find that I wasn't really a data person. I wasn't really a software person. What I loved most were the conversations. I loved meeting new people. I loved leading and managing a team. So this led me to reconsider my career and eventually discovering coaching and starting my own business as a coach. Yeah, I figured you didn't just get off the boat one day and say, okay, enough of this data science stuff. It was more or less like that, except it took more than one day, it took several (laughs) days, but yes. And what was it about the conversations and the people that you were dealing with, especially, you know, you think about that work environment, the high intensity, you know, the, I guess also the seclusion of everyone being on the boat together. How did that work for you personally? It's an interesting question. I think the variety of different perspectives from people all over the world, because it was quite international on the boats. And also just, it feels to me like discovering a whole new land every time I talk to a person. Maybe this is what I love about coaching or meeting people. It's always the, yes, a whole new land, a whole new country, a whole continent, uh, each person. So there's a sense of mystery and magic. And yes, I'm just all about the people all the time. (laughs) Yes. Well, and then I think about your, your, the way you're translating that experience now. You have a technology background. You, You, in fact, are ambassador for a women tech network. Uh, and you continue to work with especially women in the tech fields. But uh, how do some of those, I guess, uh, principles or you know, work focus translate from technology to almost any creative field? I think the transition is 
linked to the fact that there's an analytical skill that can be used in pretty much anything. So taking from the technical background, the analytical aspect of things can help with creativity, can help with coaching, can help with organization, because analytics really, it's not about data processing or software. It really just comes down to having a methodological methodological way of approaching things. So when I'm working with the client, I go point by point and I put them all together and I map it all out. And so it's, it's very clear and structured. And although people tend to think this is the opposite of creativity, I find that this also helps me in creativity. For instance, I'm working on my book and every morning I block it. This is structure, the way I lay out my book. This is structure. And then within it, we have fun. <laughs> and that's when the creativity starts. Yeah, I do think it's counterintuitive that you say that about create, you know, creativity and technical. Often, you know, people imagine it's on either end of the spectrum, right? That you can't be creative if you have all these boundaries and methods and techniques and tools. Uh, when in fact, and, and even in my own experience, I found that having some kind of structure uh, really helps creativity flourish because you're able to use it as a springboard. Do, do you see some of those tenets uh, with your clients as well? Yes, I often see that it's related. I actually have several clients that are in technical fields or in IT and who say they're also highly creative. So it's not, it's not an opposition, it's not a dichotomy. You can have both sides of the same uh, coin. I mean, essentially, all we're talking about is right brain and left brain, and most people have both sides. <laughs> then <some laughs> side is maybe more developed, but you can work on that imbalance. But yes, we both have it; those sides in us. I, I love that. It's going to be a great takeaway from this podcast <laughs> that most people have left and right brains. I mean, I, I know it's funny, but the imagination kind of says, "No, I'm one or the other," uh, and yet. We do have both sides. It's a, a matter of accessing it and using it, isn't it? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. And do you have uh, some basic, I guess, attributes that you find that you need to coach people with, that there is a way to gain the kind of focus uh, and put your energy in the right place that I opened your introduction with? Yes. So a lot of the time people come to me because they're feeling overwhelmed. And so it makes it hard for them to achieve what they set out to do. Generally, this is in terms of business goals, but it can also be in their personal and private life. So this feeling of overwhelm, of being extremely busy, not taking any breaks also means A, that they don't have the focus that they need, but also they're not sustaining the poor performance they'd like to have, and they don't have the energy or the balance in their life. So all these areas are tied together and I help them sort of help people unpiece them and find that balance. One of the key things is these people tend to be high achievers and also restless. So what this means is they're always on, on, they're always on and going and they have very little time or they take very little time to reflect. So through the coaching sessions, it's a moment to pause a bit, look, okay, what is actually going on and allow them that space so they can see where it's not aligned. And then we put in tools and strategies, taking more breaks, working in a new way, being more productive, adding, adding some stuff, taking out stuff so that they find that balance. But this is very common, the lack of introspection and the lack of taking breaks. It's almost as if they feel guilty the second they're not working. And, and because we're high performance individuals, you're saying that we feel guilty 
uh, as if we're not being productive enough? Yes, I think one of my clients said one day, this isn't confidential because it's such a generic statement, but she just said, my goal is to fit in more things. <laughs> Literally, that was the goal. And I was thinking, okay, that means that there's a need for a change of perspective because when people feel they just need to cram in more things, they're not actually prioritizing the way they should because they're wanting to fit too much. Once you learn to simplify, you have less things you need to fill in. So it's really a philosophy and a way of thinking. And there is this tendency to be, in those two hours, I want to just fit in more. Instead of looking at my day, what really matters and all the rest, eliminate, delegate, postpone, but really focus on what's essential. I think every listener can relate to what you're describing. In fact, just as you're talking, I'm looking across the other side of my desk um, and I see, well, here's the compendium or the white paper I need to write. Here's an advocate I need to call and talk to. Uh, here are you know, six other podcasts I need to schedule. Here's the do list for my creative uh, collaborator. Uh, here's, uh, well, you get the idea. And I don't know that I'm going to get to all of those today, but you probably see this a lot. What is it about having it on your desktop, whether it's your physical desk or your computer desktop? There's something about seeing all those tabs open or all those documents open that you think that those are reminders, huh? Yes, I think we naturally want to keep them visible as a way of reminding ourselves. Yet yeah, probably the most efficient way is to jot it all down, whether it's in a document or on a piece of paper, and then just select one. And if you need, write that one down in order to single task. Because the problem is if you're single tasking and reaching out to that advocate you mentioned or scheduling a podcast, but you're seeing the list of all the other things, it can create more pressure, more anxiety, a feeling of being behind. But if you just think, okay, now in the next five minutes, in the next 10 minutes, I'll schedule this podcast. You do you come back to your to-do list, you tick it off next. And if you learn to batch similar tasks in one group, so in this half an hour, I will schedule all the podcasts I need to do. And you can just schedule it as one activity and do it all. Because the less you write on the list, the clearer the mind. So if possible, I recommend three main things for the day. And in each one of them, they can be little tasks, but somehow related. Because we do tend to say, okay, well, I'm going to be focused on this one, but while I'm at it, I might as well, you know, check my bank statement and I might as well <laughs> call the repairman and I might as well, you know, do these other things because that's what we think is multitasking. It's so interesting that you say we all have both sides of the brain, but we also think that we can do two or three things at once. How is yes. this possible? <laughs> yes. And what happens in, is in those moments, we're actually switching Obviously, we're not physically looking at the bank statement and scheduling a podcast. We're doing one, then the other and going back and forth. And this totally diminishes our attention and reduces productivity because it's like opening lots of little windows in our mind and we can't process it as well. And the reason why we do it is obviously because of that dopamine boost. So every time we're getting a bit bored or a bit frustrated or a bit stuck. It's like, oh, let me quickly check social media. Oh, let me go on my phone. So there's all this little pull in all these directions as soon as we're bored or frustrated or stuck. And what really helps to improve productivity and focus is to notice when that happens and not do it. 
We'll be right back with our interview here on Unlocking Your World of Creativity. But first, a reminder of the discount that I promised you at the beginning of the show from Design Hill. You can get an exclusive 25% off of Design Hill's Logo Maker service. Just use the code WF25. The link is in the show notes. And remember, the offer is valid through November 30th, 2021. And now back to our interview. So noticing while you're scheduling the podcast, oh, I quickly want to check this. If it's a really important thing, quickly writing it down and going back. Because once we learn to do this, this is teaching us to be sing to single task effectively. So once we can single task, we're more productive, more fulfilled, we achieve more during the day, but more importantly, we have more attention. We're not constantly distracted, which I think is extremely common nowadays with everything online. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just a few distractions in life. Yes. Well, Katie, uh, those are great tips. I really appreciate that. I guess I want to pick up then going back to your story of making this career shift and uh, regaining your footing in an area that you really felt uh, was calling you. And again, I, I think about our listeners who have these creative passions and they might be you know, weekend projects and they might be side gigs, but they really are looking for a way to make that shift, you know, to really focus on their creative passion rather than maybe the nine to five job uh, that they have. What was it for you? You said it took more than a day, but quite literally, what was the path that you were able to pursue? It's probably as much breaking away from the old as pursuing the new. Um, how did that work for you? Yes, that's a great question. I think it comes down one of them to really have a clear purpose and be very driven by something specific. So if the listeners in question already have a clear idea that you know they want to write novels or paint and why they want to do it, that's already a great step. So that's what began for me. I really realized I wanted to work with people. I had this calling, if you want to see it in that perspective, when I joined the coaching academy at the time. So I, that was the, the fire that ignites it. Now, some of these listeners have already had that calling and that fire, it continues after that. Then obviously I got trained in my case with the coaching. Then is also business training afterwards, which is different to coaching, but important if you want to run a coaching business. So for all creative people who are listening, who only see it as a side gig, they might want to self-teach themselves or look it up, some business skills. How can they actually turn this into a business if they want to write novels, paint, coach full-time. That's one thing. And the other one is having a bit of a plan in place because if we just think, oh, we'll stop one day, that never happens because the fear and the comfort zone and the salary and the safety are all too strong. I literally at one point, before I even discovered coaching, was having a rough day at sea and I took out my notebook and I wrote, a year from now, I will have quit. But this wasn't some airy-fairy solution. This was a fact. It was a year from now, I've quit. And a couple of weeks later, I was speaking with people at a wedding and I was saying, I'm working as X, Y, Z. This is what I do. But a year from now, I will have quit. So I repeated it to people I met. This is, this is only temporary. I'm not doing this forever. Then I discovered coaching. And in the end, it was only nine months or so after I'd made that statement that I quit. So it was within that year. Mm hmm. So interesting. And you talk about those business skills. What were some of the things that you felt like you had to build up? 
Like, I know I think I, you know, am qualified and I can learn the business of it. But what about running the business? Did you feel like you needed to build up? Yes, a lot of skills. When I began my coaching business, I quit working offshore before I actually knew how to run a business. <laughs> so I thought I just needed a website and a, and a you know nice business card and a coaching qualification. That was it. And knowing how to coach. So I sort of learned it the hard way. I built my skills as I went along. To be specific in terms of skills you mentioned, it's marketing, content creation, branding, sales, lead generation, finances, probably seven or eight of them. And all of them, I learned a bit at the beginning and I had some idea, but I really improved with time. And I think for all business owners, they will all need that. They will all need to sell, whether it's their paintings or their books. They'll all need to market it, especially nowadays online. They'll have to choose one or several social media platforms and know how to tailor that. They'll all need to define their target audience. They'll all need to, these are just universal. If we don't have these skills, we can't run a business effectively. Mm -hmm. And you said you had, I mean, you learned some at the very beginning and you said, okay, I'm good. And then uh, some, <laughs> a few times over the, the course, it kind of hits you in the head like, okay, well, I, I know enough, but not quite enough. <laughs> Yes, you don't know what you don't know. That's the thing. At the beginning, I didn't realize I didn't know this. I knew I didn't have a financial or business background because I'd done engineering, but I didn't realize it was such an obstacle. I thought, as long as I bring in a few clients, that's it. And so it was as if I'd really simplified the problem. And I just, yeah, I didn't know anything. When I look back, it really makes me smile. But um, it's also good because sometimes jumping in cold water, you know, straight in, cold turkey maybe is better expression it really teaches us other skills things like resilience things like you know learning from failure dealing with rejection mindset but you also can learn these once you have some business skills too <laughs> so maybe it's still good to develop them well, either way i'm glad i picked them no up. matter what a, a solopreneur has to have resilience i mean let's face it there, you're, you're saying that not every day is a great day <laughs> Uh, now it is, but I think it's because I've learned to adjust my perception. So mm -hmm. at the beginning, we're very, I say we as a whole volatile and dependent on, you know, if a client signs up or not, or the, the result we get throughout the day or the answers we receive. But as time goes on, you change your perspective. And so these things don't shift your state as much. So now every day is pretty much a great day, but not because all the outcomes are always great but because you're not as attached to the outcomes. But that also takes time and energy to develop that skill, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I like the encouragement to say, hey, we need to gain these skills in order to, to found a business. But I think you also had this, and we go back to the word calling perhaps, but you had this driving passion that you were going to start. And is there something in that too that says you can't wait for all the planets to be aligned? Everything can't, it was not going to be perfect. Don't know how many finance courses you might have to take to make you feel perfect, but it's not going to be enough anyway. So you got to start somewhere. Was that your uh, perception? Yes, absolutely. And when I say you, you need a plan, what, what I actually really meant is you need a deadline. <laughs> so it's a plan, a rough plan. In my case, it was get my coaching qualification and then quit. But it's, it's a deadline, a date 
by which you've decided that's it, you want a commitment to yourself. Because the problem is, like you said, if we wait for the stars to be aligned, if we wait for everything to be perfect, it doesn't happen. If you set a date and you say it out loud to yourself, to people that you can trust around you, maybe even inform the company in six months, I will leave, then, then it's true. Then it's not just this dream and that helps a lot. That helps a lot. Once you've made that real commitment to yourself and to others, then you find ways to make it happen. It is amazing how deadlines tend to drive, especially I would say creative people. This is when the paper is due. This is when the publication deadline is. The pitch is on Tuesday. You know, the client's uh, sales meeting starts Sunday. I mean, all of these things, all the way down to the payment is due. You know, the lease is up all the things that uh, drive decisions, right? Yes, yes. I think depending on the personality, some people need that more than others. Some people really need that pressure from the deadline. And if they feel that that isn't enough, if they feel they need support, then they need to find someone that can hold them accountable to it, whether it's a coach or mentor or a friend, an accountability partner, but they need to have someone saying, okay, you told me by this date, you're leaving. How is it? And not tell them the day before, <laughs> but maybe a month or two months or three months before. How is it going so far? How are you progressing? What are you doing? Because then it's more and more real. If they don't really believe the date and they just continue or avoid it, that won't help anyone. So it's true commitment to themselves, but also if they feel that won't be enough, because for certain people, certain people don't trust themselves with deadlines that they make to themselves. <laughs> so if any listener is that type of person, then find someone who can hold you accountable to it. Mm, I see what you're saying. Some sort of external deadline, not just a personal commitment that yes. by Friday, this is what I'll have done, but rather get somebody else on board with that. Yeah, it's a great idea. So Katie, thinking about your business today, you've obviously defined your offerings now. You are attracting uh, customers and clients. What do clients come to you mainly for? And how do you package those deliverables to them? Yes, they come to me to sustain high performance in their business. So they're, they're business owners who, like I said earlier, either dealing with overwhelm or inconsistent results. And they really want to reach that level of sustained performance. And in terms of offering, I basically have two. Either I have a VIP offer, which is one-on-one -on -one with me. And I also have my Focused Entrepreneur Academy, which is a group of people all going through the same struggles where we go through pillar by pillar of all the different aspects of focus and productivity and performance and balance. It's like all my favorite stuff in one program, basically. <laughs> and what's the format of that program? Yes, yeah, so that basically is going through each topic uh, every couple of weeks. And it's also a whole community. So people can, you know, reach out to one another and support each other on the journey. And then I also offer to the people who are in that program a couple of one-on-one -on -one calls so they can sort of redefine specific things. The difference I think with VIP is VIP is totally tailored to the person. So if they're great with time management, but they want to work on energy or balance, or maybe just specifically on some aspect of performance in their business, clients, finance, we could do, you know, four months on that. Whereas in the group, it's more set topics that I've seen are the ones most of my clients need to deal with. And we go through each of them in depth. Terrific. And Katie, how can we connect with you and learn more about these programs? 
through LinkedIn mostly, Katie Stoddart on LinkedIn and thefocusbee.com, my website. Those are the two main platforms I use. Oh, we'll be sure to find you. So Katie, as we wrap up, I would love to hear some of the people or companies that are inspiring you and that you look at as an example of people who are doing it right. Yes, that's a great question. I think I look more at one-on-one on one individuals more than companies. So I look up to people like James Clear, who did such a fantastic job with Atomic Habits, or me, you know, Stephen Covey with the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, or Brendan Burchard, Seth Godin, and have a very coherent brand because I think this is something that's essential. People really know what they do. You know, Brené Brown, for instance, vulnerability, it just clicks to mind and we know where to find her, what she does, what they're about. So these people are highly inspiring because they have this coherence and obviously also this habits that they've built to have mm-hmm. such high performance. Yeah. Well, just to maybe take one of those, Stephen Covey, for example, everybody does know seven habits of the highly effective people. If there was a book, which you said you were working on, but when the book comes out on Katie, what do you want that brand association to be for you? I think for me, it's really about the link between productivity and spirituality, because I feel the focus is really both essential for our performance and productivity, but also for leading a fulfilled life. So this is what I share throughout the book in different sections, but this is also kind of my aim when I coach people, even in organizations, I'll you know, display, this is about productivity and performance. Deep down, I just want people to be happy and at peace, <laughs> but people don't buy that. They don't buy, yeah, I'll buy peace. No, they'll buy like results, but <laughs> I help people to get the results, but also see there's more to life than just reaching achievements and then go to the deeper level. So I suppose that would be what I'd like them to take away, the, the essential aspects of focus and how it ties both productivity and sp- spirituality or fulfillment. I'm so glad you came around to that because I had to have the sense anyway in talking to you that are people really buying productivity or they're buying the outcome, you know, of what being, having a more productive day, being more productive, what would that end result be? And uh, you've really landed on something, like you said, happiness, you'd have more peace. Yes. So basically it's, high performance in their business. So the results kick off, they get all the achievements they want, the clients, the money, whatever, (laughs) whatever I say, because that's not the most important. But then also really this balance and this energy management, that's really deep down what happens is a deeper sense of fulfillment, a deeper inner peace. I mean, that's what matters most really. So Mm -hmm. I don't always speak about this, but in everything I do, it's in the background of my mind. I won't encourage or work with a client on helping them push, 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 push for something. If I know this is detrimental, I'll, you know, question it and help them realize, oh no, I don't actually want this. You know, I want to spend more time with my partner or be more outside or, you know, helping people to have that sense of joy in their life. Yes. Well, it seems like you're living this too. (laughs) You're building a business and uh, you do have a kind of a tranquil aura or halo about you. So perhaps this is working for you as well. <laughs> yes, it helps. We, we all teach to others what we had to learn ourselves. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> uh, I love that. 
Well, listeners, uh, my guest has been Katie Stoddart in Gothenburg, Sweden. We've been talking about focus and productivity. I know as a takeaway for me, I'm going to go back on my calendar today, find those three big things I want to accomplish, let the others sort of fill in, uh, as Stephen Covey often described in the uh, analogy and experiment of the rocks and the pebbles and the sand. I'm visualizing it all again, Katie. Thanks for bringing that back. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a great conversation. Connect with Katie on LinkedIn, Katie Stoddard, and her company is The Focus B, B-E-E, -E, a great little logo and a great brand. So. <laughs> Thank you. And listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue our around-the-world creative travels, virtually anyway. We've been to places like Gothenburg, Sweden, and Buenos Aires, Seoul, South Korea. We'll be in Johannesburg. We'll be in London and Amsterdam. So all points around the world to find creative practitioners who can share with us their methods and their techniques for gaining inspiration organizing ideas and staying focused, and also then gaining the confidence and the connections to get their work up and out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Thanks again to our sponsor, Design Hill, the world's number one creative marketplace for business and individuals, where you can access high quality designs from professional designers and unique products created by independent artists you can get 25% off of Design Hill's Logo Maker service. Just use the discount code WF25. The link is in the show notes. And remember, the offer is valid through November 30th, 2021. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer.